Welcome to the Meal Mentor Podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay S. Nixon. This is the 30th episode in the co-pilot series where we can chat about making the plant-based lifestyle more doable, especially while facing the common challenges and roadblocks we face on our journey to living better and just having better health and weight loss and all that. I'm super excited for today's guest. It's not too often that I get a guy on, but I've been trying to recruit some more dudes to come on the podcast. And so I'm super excited to have Matt with me today and just talk to him about you know, living the plant-based life and just all sorts of kind of fun stuff. So, hey, Matt, how's it going? I'm doing well. Thanks. How about you? Oh, I'm good. I'm good. Sweating. It's very hot where I am. But um, oh gosh. thankfully, this is a podcast, so you guys don't see it or smell it. <laughs> <laughs> so why don't you tell us um, a little bit about yourself and how you sort of wandered into eating plant-based meals? All right. Well, um... I uh, I live in Cincinnati, Ohio, and my wife and I have been married for it will be uh, four years in October. Oh, so. And um, when we were dating, actually, uh, I remember talking to one of uh, when I was getting ready to ask her out. I asked one of her mutual friends um, what uh, what kind of food she liked. And her friend actually said, she's trying to eat vegan. So, and I, I was very much a meat eater. Uh, I, I probably would say very unhealthy at the time. And so we went out on a date. Our first date was a vegan restaurant. Um, and so I think from there, uh, our journey began to kind of discover what, um, what, what ways we could eat healthier. And um, I think one of the one of the first books I think within our first year of marriage that we read was Happier Before. So yay! Um, yeah. So early on, you were you were present in our journey. So oh, I feel special. Thank you. <laughs> um, and I love that it was something you guys kind of like stumbled into together. Even though she started before you asked her out or whatever, it seems like it was sort of a, a evolution travel. You know. Thing you did together. It wasn't like, oh, I'm going to do this for her or something. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, and I mean, I'm I'm not completely, uh, I'm not completely, uh, I'm uh, herbivore, uh, but I, I definitely want to, like, one of the things in our marriage is we just we're trying to figure out how can we better serve each other and and help each other out, and so uh, one of the things that I know I can do for uh, for both of us is I could eat a little healthier. And, uh, and I could, uh, help her eat a little healthier. So it's one of those things that, um, I think you, you, uh, you discover how you can coexist with the other person. So, um, and I think, uh, I think eating healthy with her has done a lot for both of us. I think, uh, we, um, we feel a lot better. We feel a lot more active. So uh, it's been good overall. That was one of the things I was really excited to get you on. And I've been trying to get more, like to recruit more omnivores to um, come on and, or even just vegetarians because it, it doesn't have to be 100%. I mean, even if you're just doing Meatless Monday, that's a great start. And a lot of people have to start somewhere. And sometimes you never get the full, you know, 100%. And that's fine, too. You know, we all have different exits that we get off of. But I love that um, you can start to feel better, even if it isn't 
Yeah, definitely. You said you started to feel noticeable changes right away. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think within the first uh, year or two, um, I I think I dropped about like thirty pounds. Incredible. Um, and I had I hadn't been that. Uh, I I went down to one fifty, and I I hadn't been that. Uh, I hadn't been that uh, light since like middle school. So it was it was uh, a big change because uh, I I think I had. I'd been one of those ones that could kind of hide their weight gain uh, pretty easily. And so uh, it it was uh, – Melissa definitely, like, she highly influenced me in that first year of marriage um, just with uh, exercise and and, uh, and eating. So – And there is a power in setting an example. Like, I really do believe in leading by example. And it sounds like she kind of did that. It wasn't that she was pushing you as much as she was inspiring yeah um I mean, and that's something I know you talk about a lot um and I really uh, appreciate uh she she did she um there there were a few tough discussions I won't lie about that but, <laughs> um, but uh i I think that yeah it, it was something where um I saw how um how, how active and um how um, just lively she was. And I think that was infectious and it was something that I wanted. And so um, I, I definitely think that uh, leading by example uh, was a way that she uh, led me into that uh, lifestyle. Yeah, it's funny that you said um, you wanted to get in on it because my friend's husband, Brian, said those exact same words to me. He's like, well, Kelly went vegan and then plant-based and she got like super skinny because she had a baby and she lost the weight. And he's like, and I just saw how great she looked. Like she was so thin and she was so fit. And I, I wanted some of that. <laughs> yeah. And so then he, you know, he changed. And I was like, Whoa, look at this. Because usually you're like, oh yeah, the ladies are like, yeah, my husband, he can eat anything. He has a six pack. But the <laughs> roles are reversed. It's really, it's awesome to see that it can, the inspiration can go both ways. Yeah. And I heard that there's some happy news that your family is expanding. Yeah. Um, we are expecting our first child in October, October 14th. Uh, and it's a girl. So Aww. we're very excited. That's awesome. Do you have any ideas on how you're going to raise your child? Like, are you going to lean towards plant-based or figure it out later? Well, um, yeah, we, we've talked about it a bit and, uh, we definitely, uh, I think we're definitely firm believers and like, we, we want to start them out on a very, very plant-based diet, um, and go from there. Um, one of, I, one of my, uh, favorite uh, YouTube channels to watch is uh, Jamie Oliver's food tube. Oh, I love Jamie Oliver. And they've been, they, there's a uh, Chiapas sisters on there that they, um, they actually have started to do a few videos on making your own pureed food. And so that's something that I think we're going to, we're going to, uh, uh, we're going to do that head on. Uh, just, awesome. um, yeah, instead of like having to buy, like processed food or whatever. Um, it'll be nice to just know exactly what's going into our baby. So, yeah, it's one of, um, things that I've noticed with a lot of my friends is, you know, they're all really health conscious and even if they're not plant-based, even if they're still omnivore, um, they're very into doing the puree and it never even occurred to me, Oh, you could just literally puree carrots and feed that to the kid. You don't 
have to buy baby food. Um, And it's just like, but you know, we're so brainwashed with like commercials and all the consumerism, but like my friends just like buy whatever squash is on sale (laughs) and then buy it. (laughs) And I'm like, wow. And you know exactly what went into your baby, where it came from and everything. Yeah. And I, I, you know, I love food and I want, um, I, I really, really am hoping that, uh, we can just raise our, our baby to not be a picky eater and to like a lot of variety of foods. So, um, that's, that's another reason for it too. And I think it does start cause, um, I mean, I remember with like my nieces and nephews, for example, they were eating all kinds of things, pureed like broccoli and all this stuff. And then they got older and they were kind of you didn't give it to them. You gave them other stuff, you know, finger foods that tended to be like Cheerios and Cheez-Its, which aren't the healthiest. But then it's like, are we now surprised that they don't want to eat the broccoli? It's like you have to have stayed with the consistent of that good food. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hear too many horror stories where like kids won't eat anything but like chicken nuggets and macaroni and cheese. And yeah, I hear that a lot. <laughs> yeah. From, from moms writing me and I'm just and they're like, but it's so weird because they used to love this when they were babies. And I'm like, yeah. Yes. And it's so addictive. I mean, those foods are addictive physically and it it affects children too. Like children can get addicted to food just like adults can. It's not just an adult problem. And I I definitely see that all the time. And I work with a lot of parents who their kids just drown everything in ketchup, which is basically just drowning it in sugar. And I'm just like, oh gosh. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so true because I, I just think like I, I have a chance to like give my baby a fresh start that I didn't have growing up because uh, it wasn't that like to eat plant-based wasn't really that popular back in the eighties. So it was like, um, it's a whole new world now. So there's a lot of possibilities. And I think, I mean, um, I, w- I grew up in the eighties too. And I think that my mom gave me absolute garbage, but she didn't know. She didn't think she was, she didn't know there wasn't the information. There wasn't the education. There wasn't the resources out there. So when the cereal box told my mom, it was a whole grain goodness. She absolutely believed it. And she believed that she was giving me vitamin D, you know, full fat milk because the pediatrician told her I needed that. She thought she was doing right by me. Um, and it wasn't until later that, you know, we all were like, oh, maybe not so much. But yeah. that's how I feel. It's like, oh, I want to give a baby the chance that I didn't have to have nutritional excellence from the beginning. <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, Melissa, she is a uh, she is my fact checker because uh, she actually majored in uh, well, she went uh, she minored in statistics. Um, she majored in economics, but uh, she like doesn't look at at a article like that has research on it uh the way normal people do she will uh uh criticize it and she will she'll she'll find the the uh the falseness in it and so i'll I'll be reading more now (laughs) yeah i'll be reading uh like i'll i'll read some like factoid off of a magazine and she's like uh that's really not accurate <laughs> what so, they twisted it to say what they wanted it to sound <laughs> yeah so like when you know there's so many things i thought were healthy um when we first got married and there were so many things that she kind of you know politely told me that's not quite accurate <laughs> that's you know. not quite accurate uh yeah, that's the thing. And I feel like people, you're like a ping pong. It's like, oh, this is good. This is a superfood. This is not good. It's like, oh my gosh. And then half the times when I dig into the studies and I don't have an advanced degree in statistics or math or anything like your wife, I'm like, 
this is no okay we just said Uh something from a headline and that's not really what's happening when we look at the raw data (laughs) um and so yeah definitely i would like to be around her more because i'm sure she uh could summarize it really well like well this is really what's going on and this is what they're extracting it's not accurate So that's fun. So tell me how you guys use the meal plans and make them work with sort of a mixed diet. Um, so for the most part, I would say that um, we do about sometimes we'll do like four to five um, meals a week from the meal plan. And the reason being for that is I love to cook and I love to cook um, sometimes spontaneously. Oh, that's fun. And I like to be creative kind of on the spot and, and do something. So, oh, so you're a quick kinda, fire challenge kind of guy. Yeah, to to kind of like feed my need for, for being creative. Like she'll say, okay, we have a couple open days where we can do something different. Um, or if we have leftovers, because sometimes that happens too. Um and uh, we, for the most part, I, I eat what she's eating. Um, and then, like, I might add, like, a pro, like, a, a uh, I shouldn't say protein, uh, <laughs> more accurate than that. Uh, I, I add, like, a meat or, or, uh, or uh, some, like, raw milk cheese or something like that. But, um, uh, yeah. Uh, so, for the most part, though, uh, it has been pretty much plant-based. And then, like, I think my my splurge times are usually when we go out. That's usually when I'm I, I you know I'll order something that I probably wouldn't have at home. Yeah, and that's um, one of the things I've noticed with a lot of meal plan members who live in mixed households is maybe um, the family member who's not one hundred percent on board will add a meat or a cheese to the plant based meal. Like they'll make the meal plan recipe and then add something to it, or like you were saying, they reserve it for when they're out at a restaurant. Yeah. And that's I think that's a really good way to blend it. And that way you're still eating predominantly the way, you know, you're getting what you want, but you're also eating healthy. It's a, it's a really nice balance that way. Yeah. And it's, uh, you know, it's, I think, uh, I mean, even going back to like with uh, Jamie Oliver with his kind of stuff that he's been doing, he's been reducing the amount of meat that they've been using in the recipes. And I, I, I've noticed that there, it, it, just through all these food documentaries that it, it, it's kind of not sustainable to have meat every single day. Right. And um, I was just doing a podcast earlier today in which uh, the uh, girl I was speaking with, she was talking about some of the sustainability things, like just with the water alone, that it would be impossible to sustain consuming meat at the rate we're consuming it. It's just, it's like, it, w- it won't even be possible. Um, and so, I mean, that obviously I advocate eating more plants, but it's, it is, surprising and shocking and fascinating and just all these different emotions to hear that it it truly isn't going to be possible to continue eating the way we're eating. Yeah, for sure. Um, and that's, I loved, I loved Jamie Oliver when I was an omnivore. I still loved him when I first went plant-based. I love him even more now for a lot of reasons. He's a super likable guy. I really loved the lunchroom thing that he did. Um, I forget the exact name of the series. It was a few years ago. Food food revolution. That's it. Food revolution. I love that whole series. Um, I, I've loved him, but I've noticed that he has just like completely open armed and welcomed in 
the idea, like you said, of reducing meat, I see him constantly sharing and posting vegan recipes, vegetarian recipes, recipes where meat is optional. And I can't think of any other celebrity chef that does it with such enthusiasm, with such joy, and is just so supportive of it. It, it really is. And and he, do, uh, he does it in a way that's, I think, very welcoming. Um, and it's, uh, and I think sometimes that, you know, I, I, I know early on, uh, when Melissa and I first got married, one of the, one of the things that I, I kind of, uh, uh, from a outside looking in perspective of, uh, plant-based, uh, vegan diets was I, I felt like there was sort of a, uh, uh, me versus them or some kind of like, uh, rivalry between like meat eaters and plant eaters. And um, I think that uh, things things like Jane, what Jamie Oliver does was that, and and even what you do, like um, it just it takes all that like animosity away, and it, it, it makes it, it it creates a more friendly environment where we can kind of uh, where we can uh, agree to disagree, or we can agree to agree, or. Yeah, I love that about him. He really does sort of like diffuse it and make it. I mean, one thing is he's making it a lot more mainstream and not and taking out of this like fringe weirdness, like this hippie hippie thing that I think it kind of gets reputation for. And says, "Hey, you're real." And that's one thing I always try to tell people is it. If someone doesn't do it all the way, you know, what meal counts? It doesn't not count, you know. It, it's better for them. It's better for the environment. It's better for the animals. Whatever you want to pick, and, you know, it counts. And um, maybe one meal leads to two. Yeah. And so, and I feel like Jamie really has that approach. Like if I can just get people to cook one meal at home, because he's all about cooking yourself, you know, if I can just get one person to cook one meal at home, if they do it, they enjoy it and the food's good and their family eats it, maybe they'll do it again. Yeah. And it's infectious. It, it, I know that like uh, before I started watching his stuff, like I, I cooked pasta, like, you know, and that was the only thing I knew how to do. And, and, uh, you know, opening me up to like curries and all these other, you know, uh, dishes uh, just gave me like a kind of a wide palette to, to paint from. So I love that you pointed that out because that was my experience, too. Before I changed my diet, started eating healthy. I was like a super picky eater, but I only ate garbage. And there was all these things I never would have tried, never in a million years, ingredients that I would have just walked away from. And now there's like all these cuisines and these foods and these flavors that I never would have tried. And I love, and I feel like my world, my food world would have been so much more limited had I not like kind of opened myself up to possibility. Yeah. And I mean, I, I loved your, uh, uh, the, um, the book, uh, where you, you traveled the world. Oh, abroad. Happy herbivore abroad. Abroad. Yeah. I really enjoyed that one. Oh, thank you. Yeah. That really opened me up too in seeing, um, how many cultures, like the true, like kind of ethnic traditional fare is often without meat or dairy or very little because you realize that these cultural staples were created and cultivated by the peasants who just could not afford the rich foods. It's so true. I, I, and, and I, there's a, there's a few different cooking shows I like. And, and one constant theme I see in them is that they, they talk about how like the, the real like national food came from the peasant food. Mm-hmm. And it's so it's so interesting to to see that that you know um, 
where, you know, the royalty was eating like steaks, you know, the the peasants had to be creative. They had they had limited resources and they had to figure out how can we make this interesting? Yeah. And there's something so beautiful in that simplest, like the simplicity and the honesty and just like these really kind of core farm fresh foods. You know, it's not the big fancy cake that the king ate that you're going, wow, it's, you know, this really colorful, like polenta dish that you're like, wow, look at all the colors and different things in that. And so, I mean, not that I don't like cake, but um, yeah. <laughs> it's just like, impress me with something other than refined sugar. <laughs> yeah. Shall yeah. We? I, I feel that all the time when I'm in restaurants. I'm like, I can deep fry my sock and it's going to be tasty. So make something tasty that's not deep fried because I know it's possible. <laughs> and they're like, yeah. here, have some deep fried tofu. I'm like, it is tasty. Not going to say it's not, but can we make some kind of like stir fry dish up in here? <laughs> like some color? Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, uh, I think uh, my my view of uh, of plant based cuisine was pretty narrow until I started reading some of your books and other people's books, and and I it, I am amazed at how much you can really do with um, with a few vegetables. Yeah, that's one thing that's um, been interesting for me too. Is there is like a there's a lot of options. I mean, there's so many different vegetables and beans and legumes and fruits, and it, way more than even what's in your local store because there's things we don't get um, in America or they're not popular or whatever. But um, even just from like the same ten plant based ingredients, you can make like thirty different meals from those same ten things, and that's just mind blowing to me. Yeah, and I mean, with even with like uh, the meal prep. Um, you, the way that it's constructed, that there's so many things where it's like we're cooking like uh, um, maybe broccoli and that like goes in several different meals. And um, I like that aspect about uh, how you can take the vegetables and spread them out or the grains and spread them out. Yeah, that's one of my favorites is I always tell people I cook rice once a month and they're like, what? And I'm like, yeah, I get this big giant bag of rice and I cook it and then I like freeze off one cup portions and then like all month long, I like whittle through my rice and then I'm like, oh, new month, time to make my rice again. But I just, I love it. It makes it yeah. so easy. On a busy yeah, we, we haven't gotten quite to the uh, uh, freezing our, our rice for the month. Uh, but we're, we're getting there. I, I know, there. I'm a little weird. I know, I know. It's okay. You can say it. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I have these movies, or not really movie, but I have like binge watching TV marathons in which I do like these random bolt cookings. And I think I do the bolt cooking as an excuse to watch the bad television. But um, that's another conversation for another huh. day. <laughs> we actually just got rid of our uh, television. Um a few uh, weeks ago. And so it's been because I'm I do video for a living. And so it's very weird for me to not be able to watch television every day. Mm. So yeah, it's I'm, I'm still going through withdrawal right now. But um, see, I got rid of television and got Netflix. And this is where the binging problem came from. Because it used to be with television, unless I recorded it, I was limited to like an episode, maybe two. And now with like Netflix, it's like, I can watch the whole season. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, we we were actually watching uh, some, we were watching some uh, Netflix on uh, yesterday and 
we did like three episodes on our laptop. And we just had the laptop there with like speakers plugged in and uh and yeah, we we realized why we got rid of the TV. Yeah, after yeah that. I just lost three hours of my life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. I've been trying to audiobook it instead, which actually has been great for when I do my batch cooking on the weekend. I just like listen to an audiobook. So that's been helping. But to oh, sort yeah. of parlay into you mentioning you were into video production, I know you work from home, right? Yeah, yeah, I work from home. Uh, I've been doing it for about, uh, I think, a year and a half now. So one of the things that um, I know I struggled with when I started working from home, and I know a lot of people, whether they work from home or they're a stay-at-home parent or something, is that, you know, you're always around food and you're always around your kitchen. Did you find any sort of problem when you were transitioning? Do you, like, how did you kind of make that whole work for you? Or did were you just lucky and it you didn't feel like you needed to be eating all day when you started working at home <laughs> or cooking um, to get that creative outlet. <laughs> yeah, I I think at first I definitely struggled, but uh, that was also um, uh, that was also uh, you know we would go into like uh, different periods of times where um, for whatever reason we would like lapse in our healthy eating or whatever. Um, and so we'd have some things that we wouldn't normally have. And uh, those were probably the hardest times. But when we were sticking to the meal plans, uh, it, it doesn't it doesn't affect me as much when I when there's not that temptation or that thing there. It's kind of like you were ta- uh, uh, we were listening to the uh, overeaters um, video that you did Sorry, and yeah. the candy corn like. <laughs> If it's not there, it's not a problem for me. If it is there, like we we have a bag of like vegan chocolate chips, those can sometimes be a little bit of a problem for me. But other than that, uh, yeah, uh, if it's not there, I don't I don't uh, struggle too much with it. Yeah, the meal plans help me too from working at home because I have all my food kind of portioned off. So I'm like, well, there's my lunch. And once I eat it, oh, I'm done. And I can't eat the rest because then I won't have a dinner. But initially when I was just kind of winging it, I was like, oh, I'm going to go have a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Oh, I'm going to go have a banana. Oh, look at that. I'm going to go have some carrots. (laughs) And I think a lot of people kind of mindlessly munch when they don't have a plan. Yeah, uh, Melissa said uh, yesterday, uh, cereal, uh, when we first met, like cereal, like she... She uh, liked to eat it like it was ice cream. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Me too. After dinner, I love cereals. I thought it was weird, but apparently Melissa and I are kindred spirits. <laughs> and yeah, so I, I got hooked on cereal for a little bit, and then we just realized we can't have cereal in the house. So. Oh, I, we can't either because I well, my husband and I will just eat bowl after bowl after bowl of it. I will literally have a bowl, go eat it, go back to the kitchen and pour myself another one. I'm like, this is a problem. And it never tends to, like, for us, it never tended to be, like, anything like Kashi or anything. It was, like, you know, Lucky Charms or something yeah. like that. Oh, yeah. I always would get, like, the Chocolate Rice Krispies or something or Cocoa oh, Pops yeah. or Frosted Flakes or Smacks or they all, I'm twitching now because they all sound so good, but this is why <laughs> I don't have them in my house. It's not as bad as the candy corn because I won't, you know, do my, I, if, if you haven't heard the weight loss summit, I tell this story about how I have this rule where if, I, if I'm going to eat something, I have to say, I'm not hungry, but I'm going to eat whatever the food is anyway, and then put it in my mouth. And usually I can't muster up the courage to say that out loud, even when I'm home alone. 
But amazingly, in front of a room full of people, I will sit there and shove candy corn in my mouth saying, <laughs> I'm not hungry, but I'm going to eat the candy corn anyway. And I will do it to the point where my teeth hurt. <laughs> I just don't know what it is about candy. So I don't, come Halloween, I don't even go into like Target. I just, I nope, nope. <laughs> we- I don't even need to see it. <laughs> We were in, we went to Ikea the other day and I thought about the cinnamon. <laughs> or the, the, the as soon uh, cinnamon as you rolls. said Ikea, I could smell the cinnamon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it was, it was a pretty quick in and out. So we, uh, I, I, uh, stood as far as I could from the cinnamon rolls. <laughs> I know. As soon as you said we went to Ikea, you weren't even finished with your sentence and I was already <laughs> going, cinnamon! I could smell the cinnamon. <sighs> Yes, Ikea knows that I'm weak. They know. Yeah. But Ikea does have these crackers. I can't even, I'm not even going to try to say the name right because it's in Swedish. They have these two crackers that actually are oil-free and plant-based, and they're really good. So I'm kind of sad that I can't go to Ikea because those crackers were so great. But there's those. But um, let's be real. Who wants to have a rye cracker when they can smell a cinnamon bun? (laughs) (laughs) So there's that too. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yes. Cinnamon buns. But I like that you were honest about chocolate. I I feel like chocolate is one of those things for a lot of people. I, um, I'm not too bad with chocolate. With my husband, it's amazing. I will buy like a bag of chocolate chips around the holidays when I know I need to make like cookies for, you know, parties and when we're guests at people's house, I like to bring something. And amazingly, every time I go to bake said cookies or cake, there's no chocolate chips in the freezer. And my husband's like, <laughs> I really don't know what happens. And I'm like, I know myself. I do not eat that many. <laughs> like, I, cause I forget that they're in there. Cause I like put them way down deep, like under kale. <laughs> like, like I gotta like move the corn and the kale and the mixed vegetables to get to them. So I'm like, I know it's not me. Oh, I, I should do that. Cause, uh, they're, they're far too easy to get to. Yeah, they can't be in the door. That's the thing. They can't be on the top or in the door. They have to be like under multiple foods, like all the foods that you're like, okay, if I'm moving my hand past the kale and the corn and the peas, like you're like, I'm not really hungry. (laughs) I'm clearly hunting for the chocolate. But uh, yeah, that's where they are. Right now I have them hidden inside of a bag that looks like frozen spinach. Oh, okay. Because I need them to last because we're having visitors. <laughs> I'm like, I need to have them for when the visitors come. I don't want to buy another bag. So I, I'm a terrible wife. <laughs> oh. Scott's going to hear this podcast and be like, what? But by the time it airs, the guests will have come and gone. So the chocolate will have been used. Yeah, we have like a bag of, uh, or we have like a bag from Costco of like pan, like ready mixed pancake stuff mm. that uh it's it's only for gas like it's it's got kind of like we only bring it out when guests are there so <laughs> yeah yeah i was trying to keep these dandies which are vegan marshmallows in my pantry like oh i'm only getting them for when guests are there but then like every day i was like cruising by and getting a dandy i was like okay we need to stop justifying <laughs> buying them for <laughs> the guests and to my credit i was only eating one but it was reminding me of my candy corn <clears throat> <laughs> 
I did see someone sent me last year a text message that they saw like candy corn flavored Oreos and like I had to delete the text message instantly. I was like, nope, can't even know. Can't even oh, know yeah. about it. I didn't see those though. I never saw them in person. It was just a text message that someone sent me from somewhere. Okay. But uh, it was during the time of year, think, you know, Halloween, in which I avoided all like Targets and Walgreens and all those places anyway. So I was okay. No, no, my weakness. <laughs> <sighs> yes, but um, well, it's been really fun having you. Is there anything oh. that you could maybe help um to tell other members who live with omnivores or spouses that maybe aren't completely on board? Like maybe something they can do to sort of um inspire them or sort of create that infectious attitude you were talking about. Um, I think really just have fun with it. Um. There's, I mean, there's a lot of recipes out there. There's a lot of, um, there's a lot of things you can do with, uh, vegetables that, um, in a lot of ways remind me of experiences that I had, uh, or I sometimes occasionally have with, uh, when I eat meat and, um, and really in the long run, I think the rewards are, uh, kind of out, uh, outweigh the sometimes the sacrifices that it feels at first. Um, and then I think once you get over that, like it just becomes more of a natural part of your life and it, it it's not, it's not all that bad. That's really great. I like that. I think it's always nice to hear like the perspective because it's been so long for me that I forget that I'm also not a dude, but um, <laughs> yeah, that's, but I was very helpful. Thank you very much. Um, and it's been so fun having you on. And congratulations again on your little girl that's coming. That's so exciting. Thank and you so much. You guys will have to send me a picture. And, we will. Um, yeah. And if you want to learn more about the meal plans and what Matt and I have been talking about, visit GetMealPlans.com. And thanks again, Matt. It was so fun having you on. Thank you so much, Lindsay. Have a good night. Bye. You too. Bye.